Good morning and welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. Before we dive into the Star Wars adaptation, I want to bring up a couple notes. We will be traveling in October, so you can catch us in Columbus October 6th through the 9th at CXC. You can catch us at the end of the month, October 28th to the 30th at Baltimore Comic Con, one of the great comic book shows and where Cartoonist Kayfabe was first discussed. So come out to Baltimore if you're anywhere nearby. And October 22nd, you can catch me at the Jacksonville Public Library for their comic and zine festival. And as October draws near, it's Cartoonist Kayfabe-tober. Here are our drawing prompts. You can uh, do a screen cap there, or you can just follow us on social media on Instagram. I'm sure we'll share this there. But if you follow the Cartoonist Kayfabe-tober prompts, share uh, your, your art online and tag us so that we can see what you're doing and share some of those drawings. Um, you can hashtag us on Instagram. You can add us on Twitter. And I look forward to seeing some of uh, We know there's a very talented audience out there in Kayfabe land so i am eager to see them tackle some of those prompts but we have been talking a lot of howard chaikin on this uh, channel as of late and this is one of his big early projects that man a lot of eyeballs saw howard chaikin on this book yeah he he removes himself so much from this because imagine like we know what he became and this is a more unrefined version and he and he admits that and is I'm not going to put words in his mouth, but I'm sure he wishes there would a million, five million eyeballs on American Flag or Hey Kids Comics than this work here. It's, it's almost, in a certain way, if you allow it to be, it could be your nightmare. Sure. Where it's a super early, raw, like if my Beats book was the most popular thing and I had to like deal with that all the time, that would hurt my feelings. <laughs> and, and, and that's how this stuff is for him. Uh, the amount of copies of this that not only were sold specifically you know from marvel like on the newsstand and in this way it's been packaged with toys uh this thing has been reprinted in the in the millions surely yeah i think that's a very safe bet i don't know if this is his cover do you know who did the cover of this no i don't yeah i'm not sure about that but it feels so iconic to me Absolutely. and it's man it you talk about it being packaged with toys. It feels like that. It sure. just feels like this is the merchandising of Star Wars. Uh, we have both our copies here, and I just wanted to point out something that I didn't notice Ed, until you said it before we started recording. Uh, Whitman as being um, a publisher or cover logo on some of these. I think that had to do with distro. I yeah. think Whitman went into maybe toy stores and something yes. of that sort. Yeah. Um, Be because Whitman it, coming out of like Western, I believe, Western yeah. publishing. Yeah, like Gold Key or whatever. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, they, they would have their shit on, on DC also, but I think it was, like, on toyetic comics, stuff that would would show up in those toy stores and, 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 and be, like, extra licensed. Right. So Shogun Warriors would have a Whitman on it. Like, that 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 type of thing, man. I have World's Finest comics with, with the Whitman logo, and I think that's uh, Cadence. Uh, Marvel. The, oh, Publisher. Marvel's, yeah, right. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Um, it's funny to me, too, that we have, like, Star Wars, clearly a kid's kid's property or whatever. Yeah. And we have Leia's leg like, let's do a little bit of uh, sex appeal. Give, it, give it a little bit. Uh, <laughs> bo both of these are pretty janked. Yes. And it makes me think about like when we were kids uh, going to the newsstand to pick up your fresh stuff. The comics that were just torn to shreds every time you go into 7-Eleven were the uh, Ninja Turtles, Adventures, Archie comics That's because right. it looked like the, the stuff. So like... You could just tell that some kid fucking read this. And I think 
I think my kid's name is uh, is maybe even in. Yeah, yeah, Jay Jay Myers. Yeah, <laughs> young Jay Myers. Man, That's amazing. Was enjoying this and like you know put his shit in there twice in uh, regular <laughs> block letters, but then learnt cursive in second grade. So it was like you know what I'm, I'm sophisticated now. That's so funny, man. I wonder if there are kayfaber out there. Wouldn't that be cool? That would that be. has happened a lot of times, man. Where we show off like a weird, obscure black and white comic, and the artist right. randomly. It's not like we called it out. It was in a mailbag episode or something. Gets in touch, appreciates the eyeballs, sends us the rest of the run. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It has happened a couple few times, more than once. Yeah. For sure. Uh, this is broken down into three chapters. And I note that because our artists are Howard Chaikin and Steve Leoloha. Yeah. And you can see a difference after the first chapter. Mm -hmm. And I assume that's whenever Leoloha comes on board. It's yeah. like a finisher type. And we, and we are... This is cartoonist. Oh, here's your Dave covers. Rick, Rick Hoberg and Dave Cockrum. Yeah, the covers. they do a pretty fresh back joint, too. Yeah, and I like that. I, I think that's a really good cover on the, on the front, so props to them. So, uh, you know, a bunch of letterers on the mix, man. You see Jim Novak, Tom Wurzikowski, uh Marie Severn, probably a colorist. You know, they don't, they don't spell that out, and I'm glad that you point out this list, because that has to be the, the colorist and the letters. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, and like, looking at this probably Jim Novak on lettering. We will be able, you will be able to tell the Tom Orzakowski lettering as soon as you get there. Yes. And I was thinking that um, Archie Goodwin may have been the guy behind you know it because he does a lot of adaptations. One of your pages is ripped out. Oh man, that is sad. It's ripped out too, you, you see it. You see the rips on your thing. Yeah, just that first page. Yeah. Wow. Huh. Well, we'll start with yours then and then move on. Um, but I see, like, Archie Goodwin's done a lot of adaptations. That's why I was thinking of him. This is actually Roy Thomas credited as your scripter and editor. Yeah, which is interesting because, you know, he's taken, taken the words from, from the movie pretty much and then just truncating them when necessary. And this is like our, that's your bleed text? The, the title up? lettering? I, 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 I think. See, the cool there's th some differences here in this comic, especially at the beginning. Yeah, for sure. Different than the movie. Yeah, for sure. It's that's the thing, man. Like in movies, you know, you shoot a lot and then you edit. And one of the cool things about this is the Star Wars special editions that came out, where like they had like all this old footage and then they put CG shit in there. Like the original Jabba scene is in here, and that with that Harrison Ford filmed with like a human guy standing in for Jabba. You know what I mean? And then in the special editions, like they added right. the Jabba and he stands on Jabba's tail, all that shit. That's in here. So like, Chaykin had to design his own Jabba the Hut, and you'll see it. And it's not, you know, it's not what it became. There's and there's there's scenes with Luke and Dark's big lighter that are in like the original script, and they're in here, but didn't make it to the movie. Got right. edited out. Look at how like chunky the way this thing is inked. You know, like the stars and everything. Oh yeah, it's. This is a quickly done comic. That's, that's exactly right. And you do see, I think, a lot of classic illustration stuff. You see a lot of toth. You do. You know, like this is really like spot your blacks, get the, uh, you know, the, the kind of the important essence down. Yes. And that's it. It's not labored over. It doesn't look like we're tracing film stills or anything of that sort. It's just turned around. And maybe that's just the first chapter and that's why the look changes a little bit yeah. as it goes on. But it's some of the stuff that I think I is really cool. I do think this cool. is trace. I think, like, you trace, you trace where applicable. And, and Howard Chaykin, like, it spares, like, he, he said, like, on our shoot interview, you know, he traced 
department stores like that's a very acceptable thing in illustration and i'm gonna tell you this if i ever get commissioned to do a fucking star wars comic and darth vader's all in it i'm gonna have a morgue file of every view <laughs> of that fucking helmet and i'm tracing that shit off because I, tra- I, tr- I tried a million times to draw this thing yeah. and the symmetry if you don't get it right it is very apparent this is a i love the sequence it's so you know like long shot yeah close up diving into your into your scooter off off center because of uh you know the weight and everything Absolutely. popping in really uh, effective great color in this thing probably by marie severin yes and it would be moments like this dude where you get a bunch of poppy colors yeah and you know part of whenever we say great color on at least for this page vader's the only guy that's that color yeah and it pops against pinks and oranges and yellows behind him and that's what you want as opposed to like make it all dark and, and <laughs> right. he fades into the background princess leia being shot I don't remember that in the movie. Yeah, she gets hit with that pillow paralyzed gimmick. It's very, uh, you know, it looks more severe here. But, you know, she gets tased out. What about this Biggs character? That's what I'm saying. He shows up. He's like a... a... Luke Skywalker gets reacquainted with him later when they do the final Death Star run. But you could tell there's history because he wrecked it. Oh, Biggs! Yeah. So this is one of those things that they... Is in the script... May, I doubt that they shot any of that because it would have probably been in this in the uh, special editions. Yeah. But this was built into the first script and it was edited out. So this is this is an existing character, um, but this scene is not in the movie. This panel to me is very Tothian in that we've got the whole panel going on. We've got you know words and everything, but the focal points like there yeah. are focal points within, and part of that is achieved through your coloring. Absolutely, making that foreground that- all green. That red. Yeah, it's much higher contrast with different fully, colors. Fully saturated, like your eyes go in there. Uh, it is funny that like Luke and, and Biggs, they're supposed to be like peers and stuff. Uh, at least this Luke looks a little young, but there are times when he's yeah. like total like Clark Kent. Dude, the inking stuff, it's almost uh, Harvey Kurtzman in places where it is just really almost scribble lines. Yeah. It's, it's drawn in there so quickly. And I don't feel like it suffers for that, but I do wonder if that's a side effect of maybe printing it larger. You know, if this was, this may be about how big it was drawn originally. I bet Chaykin was so divorced from this because the idea of like movie adaptation was probably as, as low rung as drawing a a toy adaptation comic. And imagine how tough that's got to be. Because like, not only are you doing something you have no connection with that has no Mm -hmm. cultural rep, like relevance, but on this page, you got to draw this guy. On this page, you got to draw these fucking robots. That's a lot of extra work. To just try to like come up with some shorthand to figure out what these fucking things are. And now you gotta do that. And there's something new, there's new concepts on every page. I also wonder how stuff. much of the movie he got to see before he did this. Yeah. Because you hear a range of that from mm-hmm. people who adapt movies where sometimes it's like here are a couple of stills. And here's the thing. This too. feels like he must have seen the movie. Sure. But some of these shots feel very on point. Yeah. But uh Lucas was very proprietary over the visuals like he was deathly afraid of being um sandbagged and having having because he took this around to every studio and finally convinced 20th century fox to do it and then it's in the works and he was really nervous about some schmucks coming in and roger Cormaning some bullshit real right. quick you know see silent running or, or, or uh, <laughs> some of those other shit movies so I don't know that he was relinquishing too much imagery. Might maybe you got to see it, maybe you got to do some courtroom sketches while you're watching it. But I don't know that he got to hold on to too much stuff. Don't these panels like so many of them feel like 
they could be almost straight to ink. Yeah, some of the line work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. They're like, and and you get slow, tiny glimpses of what shaken becomes like yeah. in that thick like little line like those kinetic lines you almost see a little reuben flag in the eyes because that's the thing he you know shaken develops same face syndrome reuben flag is power and glory is mm -hmm. the blackhawks whatever uh you slowly can see a shaken in there but it would be hard to guess that this was shaken the other reason i say like kurtzman i feel like you've got a thin line yeah you know some kind of pen or marker or something and then you've got a really thick line sure and it's you know presumably a brush maybe or a heavy marker but it's almost like one or the other. Like this stuff is either detail work or I'm going in and putting, spotting some blacks on here. Man, and some of the vehicles, like I love this Jawa vehicle. We yeah. see it a few times. I think it always looks really cool. Even like the little snippets of it. Even just the dumb like lines that you put on the side to make it look like tech, tech. and metal <laughs> yeah. and everything. For I think sure. all that stuff works for me. I mean, they give it a badass face. It looks like yeah. a, it looks like a 2000 AD sci-fi Judge Dredd vehicle. Killdozer. Yeah, man. Even when you get like the close-up of like the tread, the tread looks nasty. These wide panels too really read well. They're so thin, and yet it allows you to get multiple figures in and almost multiple scenes on the same panel. Look at that hand. Quick. That's the cartoon hand. You know, like if you see a comic strip, that's kind of how they draw those. It is. And the lettering, very nice lettering effects. Yeah. Still on that Nim Jim Novak lettering. Like the Orzakowski is so clear once once you get there. See, this is old man uh, Luke Skywalker, Luke Clark Kent. Yeah, there's a few, a few images of him that really have that age to them. Like trying to mark his hair. Yeah. It's so bizarre, that hairstyle. And this really looks like Uncle Owen. So... Yeah, it's a good likeness. Speaks, speaks to you know, having access to stuff. I love the teeth, like the way he does the mouth and really makes it round like a face. That's a good skill. Sure. It's, it's a mark of a good drawer. Even like those kind of things for your background shadows, I think are pretty interesting choices. Sky is just heavy black lines fading out. Yeah, love that magenta, love this. It's Maybe a really, really sunset. nice. Sunrise. Sun, sunrise, Dawn slowly creeping sunset. Up. <laughs> sunrise sunset those lines right out of a harvey kurtzman you're right like i can pull out his uh that, that the big monograph of his and you can see those lines yeah the frontline comic covers and stuff but even the marks in the hair exactly like, you the just thicks. don't see very much stuff like that yeah those thicks man so i really dig this kind of mark making and approach you can see the pen line almost drug across the page and bleeding in places if you told me that he drew this on like bond paper i'd be like yeah i could see that in, yes. in, in two weeks that's yeah that's what i mean like it's it's not wasting any time i don't think it costs you anything in terms of the storytelling no but it's not uh it's not spending it doesn't look like you're spending any time on details and i i would be i'm very happy with with this line work but you just know that you know the average reader they i mean they want you to bleed yeah, especially with the robots and like the Star Wars. Oh, forget about that. Details. Yeah. Any of the ships, any of the you toys. You don't have enough horns on your Tuscan Raider. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> yeah, there's something about even the lettering being big, that chunkiness. That I like this size a lot. We've talked about this size. I mean, you did hip hop this size sure. because this size has a certain feeling. Oh yeah. And here we go with our second chapter, and you know, look at that lettering. That's Orzakowski. Look at the line work. Yeah, sure. You know, it's it's some changes have been made. Yeah. Maybe he turns in chapter one and they're like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna do this next chapter a little little differently. <laughs> yeah. Again, the likeness is quite quite good. It's Alec Guinness if I've ever seen him. Yep. 
it sells. Even Hamill's likeness looks like it's we're getting a little closer, maybe. A little bit more modeled. I remember, man, somebody getting dinner, uh, and uh, this one blonde dude was there. He had a kind of feathered hair. And somebody said he looked like the Marvel Comics version of Luke Skywalker. <laughs> and I knew what he meant. <laughs> what a specific reference. <laughs> Every week we're dying, man. Not a bad Peter Cushing. Really nice coloring, you know. You're gonna gonna, gonna pop a panel there. Well done. Even on that face, some yeah. interesting coloring. Yeah, very. Man, you don't see comic coloring like that very often. Pink, no. white, and yellow. Damn near that uh, Alex Ross we we looked at. That new Fantastic Four joint. It really is, and it's funny because those are your ingredients to make flesh. Right. They're just kind of stripped and moved <laughs> moved away from each other. What does Dan Klaus say in his Apple commercial? There is no blue. <laughs> <laughs> Getting more detail in the color too, as we see this vehicle now. The tank treads are a different color. Everything was just brown. I think the they previous. got a, two two extra weeks to make an issue, man. Yeah, somebody must have stood up and said, "You got to give us more time, George." Yeah, give us more more something. Continuing on to uh, some scenes that look very familiar from our movie, right? Yeah, Moss Eisley Cantina, man, wretches hive of hive of scum and villainy. It's fun to read these, especially like the iconic stuff. You know, like. You don't need to see his identification. Yeah, that's sick. <laughs> you know, it's kind of neat to see it as just, just through a different light for people at home who maybe haven't tracked these comics down, if there's anybody that's a Star Wars fan that hasn't read them. Here comes some fun. sick fucking nerdy cartoonist kayfabe shit, man. Uh, okay. The Moss Eisley Cantina dude. Okay. The, the bartender. In those Fairburn system drawing reference books... The legit actor who played wow. that dude is one of the faces in there. There's like two recognizable things like off the bat when you when you fuck with those books. Shouts to Kagan McLeod, let me go through those things. One is the Frank Miller yes. shit from Electra Lives Again. Uh, and the other is like, okay, that is the fucking Moss Eisley <laughs> Cantina dude is like literally in the drawing reference books that every artist from this era had uses and continues to use like chicken says he still uses that shit i wonder if he even kn knows or knew yeah that's that, funny that that was that guy was in the books that he had sitting right there that really like, is some inside shit like Ed. if like if ever you get a likeness correct like that's the one that has to be correct man because you could just totally you know you see that face lit a billion different ways at every single angle. Like that's the guy that's hilarious. that has to be correct. The uh, the Chewie is a real Marvel Comics looking villain. You know, like a like a I was gonna say comic like book it, Bigfoot. It, it just doesn't look like proportion wise. It looks pretty good here. Yeah, but some of this is is a little bit out. And there. a lot of it is just a te like a big teddy bear. Harrison Ford looks right. Pretty good. In this comic, Harrison shoots first, not Greedo. There's a lot of, some controversy about that. That would be in the special edition. See, there's the uh, Moss Eisley guy again. You got to get him right. Hey, check this out. Doing a little bit of a different font mm -hmm. for uh, for Greedo here. Yeah, that's yeah. something that's uh, another feels a little ahead of ahead of time. 1977 to do a uh, a separate font treatment for certain characters. Yeah, it's smart too because because it would have been an alien language with subtitles. So like, how do you do that? Here's the Greedo scene that got cut out in the special. Edition. So this, I mean, not the, uh, the Jabba scene. So this is uh, Chaykin's Jabba the Hut. How about that? And you see him call, like, see, I'll pay you Jabba, uh, not, but not because you threatened me. So this is, uh, you know, it's just like little crusty old man. Yeah. That's a stand-in in that shit, and then they computer graphics uh, fake Jabba on top of him. Super. But that's uh, very classic. Super different. Yeah. Yeah, it's neat to see that. 
And I think those are the two uh, sequences that are different. Yeah, you know, like all of this stuff to me feels really strong mm -hmm. in terms of tying tying into the film and really looking good. Um, man, that's a great Millennial Falcon, right? Yeah, it's real rough, you know, like like when because because you know I'm drunk on Williamson. Yes. And but Williamson just had more access to more stuff, so you have to try to get it right, you know. This is um, probably my favorite Star Wars image, just from anything, anywhere. Dude, it's it's. Uh, so what this tells me is they did not have access to the sequence with with the with the um the the light yeah, travel yeah yeah right. yeah what do they call that I mean, hyperspace or mm -hmm. whatever so this is a comic book version of the hyperspace travel you know how easy would it have been to just have speedlines manga style and like that would be plenty that's probably what they do now but this is like interdimensional it's a really psychedelia. good graphic because it's kind of like you have, right, the psychedelic um, wallpaper, something. That background is flat in a weird way, and this ship is really a, on top of it. Yeah. And you know what? There are some lines on here that make me wonder if this was touched up later on because we don't see those lines elsewhere. They're almost like a Mike Golden ink line. Yeah. And it makes me wonder if this is something that shows up in the in the Marvel bullpen. And yeah, like, some Ramita Raiders. Had fix a, up that ship a little bit. You know, don't make it look so rough or something like that. So quick pause here to pay some bills. We are working cartoonists. The best way to support cartoonist kayfabe is to buy the comics that we make. Currently in comic shops, my latest comic, Hulk Grand Design, Monster Madness, two 40-page issues that tell the 60-year history of the Incredible Hulk. There is a collection on the way in January. You can pre-order that now wherever you buy comics or books. And Street Angel, Deadliest Girl Alive, the collection of all of my image comic Street Angel stories, plus a few, is back in print now after being out of print for a year. So grab that whenever uh, you're pre-ordering the Hulk Grand Design. Ed Piscor's Red Room Trigger Warnings, the collection of the second season of Red Room Trigger Warnings, now available wherever books are sold. So pick that up next time you hit your local comic shop or place your book order online. And Red Room Antisocial Network, still in print. These are completely uh, independent, can be read in any order. There are four complete stories in each issue. So start with whichever one is in stock next time you hit your comic shop. And now back to Howard Chaykin's Star Wars. And chapter three. So uh, the way this is broken up, by the way, everyone at home, is there are two issues of this oversized yeah. i believe there is a collected like a super thick issue of this stuff but dude if ever a comic was perfect for that treasury edition totally. besides the grand designs it's the star wars comics oh, totally. that oversized really flatters them so as we enter chapter three here we're only looking at roughly the first half of the sure. star wars uh movie i love when they are kind of rushing and this is more important and I love the off-model stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's one that they filled in, that, that mask in the top corner. That could be another one, because the way this figure's built, I imagine you don't see eyes if you draw an accurate helmet. Right. That could have been something that came into the bullpen, and they were like, hey, uh, Jazzy John Romita, right. put, put, a, put a mask on this guy. This is your um, baseline. Remember, we often point out like perspective where like a guy's standing on the horizon, and that's what you get here. Yeah, and that's the cool thing, man. Uh, it, it, it's sort of... You don't really want that. When you have Darth Vader like this imposing Vader villain, should always be the biggest dude. Totally. In Where our, is the Rebel base? Yes, in our uh, demo of the Death Star. What can we do to a planet? That feels like uh, a not-movie version uh, in a lot of ways. Because don't we see that stuff come together, like a visual of it, not just on screen? Mm, it might be on a screen. Yeah, I don't quite remember that part. Yeah, me either. So much of this stuff is just blurred at this point. You've seen different cuts of everything. Yeah. Different versions of everything. Luke uh, doing a little bit of training here. 
trying to awaken the force inside of him. And man, some of these likenesses, not as strong. Yeah, this is not like... a great Harrison Ford right there. Leah Aloha is like in the mix now. He, he was on the mix with issue two. So that second chapter. Still some fun coloring though. I do like some of this coloring stuff. And this almost reminds me of the Star Wars video game. Do you remember that oh, old sure. like... Uh, the vector one? Yeah, the vector one. Yeah. Really feels like that. Feels like asteroids or something. Totally. How about that for scale, baby? Dude, I love it. And not just scale, but using black yeah. again for your focal point and also to differentiate. Like, here's your other ship in front of this massive, massive object. It would be so easy to fuck up the ellipses of the tech on that Death Star and just destroy your whole drawing. And there is, thankfully, there's like panel borders breaking because the curve here is like it's different. But it doesn't matter thanks to this being put put there. Yeah, it's strange. When I look at it on our monitor, you could see it, it more. feels different. When I look at it here, it looks just magnificent. Because your eyes can only, you know, take in so much. But when we're looking at the thumbnail of it, you know, that don't lie. Yeah. And look A little bit of sensor. You're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, man. I love it because like little kids read the shit out of this. Yeah, you were not. This was not a collector's items for uh, a lot of people that grabbed it. I've never. This is just I their never, favorite comic of all time. I've never seen a good quality. Ver like they're all, they're all well read and, and as comics should be. Yeah, it's one of the elements I really like about it. That's a fun. I like that chewy. Yeah, just it's just a um, an abominable snowman. Yeah, you could go right from this Bigfoot. to the six, six million dollar man Bigfoot episode totally. adaptation. Shouts to Andre. And <laughs> fit perfectly. I do like that though. It's almost like you're trying to figure out how to draw this stuff and make it look cool and go beyond like just the adaptation and make it into a comic book page that looks good. It's so weird to think of this as like the early days of Star Wars where this stuff isn't all codified and like it's got to be this way. Right. Yeah. You know, like, so, so it allows you, you little can things like this. You can cancel it on Twitter for doing this kind of thing now. <laughs> yeah, to, to add a little red to the mouth and stuff. And there would be those covers and stuff where they would add red to the uh, Darth Vader eyes. And to me, I'm like, yo, it kind of looks cool that way. Mm -hmm. I like those little ruby eyeballs. But you know that nerds would, would not stand for that. You know what's crazy is I feel like that's a pretty good likeness, but as you look at it, the drawing's all, like talk about wonky, like it's super wonky, but I don't, how are you capturing or communicating some likeness here. Yeah. Because I think it's just, I think it's the eye. The, the, the one single eye. The, the, what's real scary is this is the start of another eye. That's what I'm saying. So let's put some tracing <laughs> paper over that. <laughs> yeah, it's, this is not gonna add up. If you, if you saw what was on either side of that crop, it's not gonna be happy. <laughs> and a giant to be continued. A to be continued worthy of a treasury size addition. That's fun too, because that is that like is a, a version of the cover. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it is, it's spinning off of that poster for sure. But you're getting like a version of this. Yeah, you know, it's it's the same composition and just just tweaked a little bit here and there. Fun fun way to end uh, an issue. Sure. So of course you add your plug, plug the ongoing uh, ongoing series too. Did you have this ad in yours? Because I wonder if this is a later maybe a later printing since this is a Whitman. Yeah, let's take a look. I think I I think I have it. Here. I'm sure they knew that they, that they had their um, yeah they had their series planned and maybe even underway at this point. Did they serialize the story in the first couple issues? Yeah, yeah. They, so like, it, it's so, cut so, up. So the first three issues is here. The the second three issues in the second, and then they kept the story going. I was gonna say, I wonder if they start with the three with the comic book series, and then you get your treasury. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it is. Absolutely. Yeah. This is this is an afterthought. 
Gotcha. It was an afterthought that I bet was very profitable. A couple bites of that apple and it's a dollar, dude. What were the comics at that point? This is the cents? thing, though. And, and especially if you're selling these in toy stores and places like that, like this oversized treasury edition is built for that. It's, it's a novelty. And you know where it would be to, if you, if you close your eyes and have total recall of, of KB toy stores and stuff, there was these kind of, it would not even get like above like your parents waste shelf yeah. space and it would be the coloring books and the weird shit yep. that would be a lower half thing easily grabbable by a two-year-old and like the weird books and shit would be there the coloring books the fucking clifford the red dog and curious george shit. it would be such a small piece where like your moms would like maybe pull you to that section and hope that you want to read something or like fuck with a book but you're trying to go to the gi joes and you know that's where those shits would be you know it's before our time before my time thinking about that shaken interview now and like in the beginning they're complaining about some of the books that he was doing and how like the overbearing editors were yeah. so bad on some of them it could have been this i was thinking it was like stars my destination or something like that but he's doing a lot of 70s sci-fi in that late 70s time frame right so it does make me wonder is this the one that he had uh maybe an overbearing editors maybe overbearing studio that's it like like i'm sure everything's fine at marvel but but when you do a licensed thing mm -hmm. now you have two motherfuckers you got to answer to and that is no fun no not at all man so k fibers get this video to 20k so that we can do the back half of uh of uh this first one and uh give us a chance to revisit the uh, second treasury man let's get that death star run in there and uh all of that yes good to yeah. go reading this does make me want to go through the next one so yeah. good definitely to, good to go jimmy i am k fabers like follow subscribe to the youtube channel hit the bell we'll notify you when new vids are available what do you have out there man hulk grand design monster madness in comic shops now 40 pages each so oversized issues telling the 60-year history of the incredible hulk pick that up wherever you get comic books and pre-order the collection which will be out in january and an oversized treasury edition like this star wars same size as your star wars special edition uh pre-order that now wherever you buy books street angel deadly scroll live back in stores from image comics collecting all of the color street angel stories in one handsome volume pick that up wherever you buy books and join me on patreon.com jimrug where you can see a lot more of my comics and artwork Red Room Trigger Warnings is in stores right now, so I have two Red Room trades that you have access to, uh, the Antisocial Network being the first one. Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit is the name of the game. Each of these books is completely self-contained in terms of the story content with lots of additional material that just was not included in the single issues of Red Room. Uh, please support the project. I appreciate it uh, so much. Number one dystopian graphic novel on uh, on on YouTube, <laughs> uh, which it was was funny. That's to amazing. See. Yeah, dystopian. Um, I would say that fits. Yeah, yeah. It's not a word that was in my mind when I'm coming up with it. What, what do you? What can you do, man? Three bucks will get you the archive at my Patreon, which includes all of this material, probably over 300 pages worth of comics at this point, and, and I'm serializing the next round of Red Room comics, and that's going to be my my uh, home base for serializing further works before uh it sees the light of day elsewhere man so support the patreon that way you get a fresh scoop on uh stuff that won't be seen for a year or more and all those links are on my link tree in the description below jimmy what else do we have out there man subscribe to the cartoonist kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video you can also find cartoonist kayfabe t-shirts merchandise fanny packs and more at our spread shop that link is also below this video another great way to support the cartoonist kayfabe youtube channel Get this Star Wars video to 20Ks. Give us incentive to do uh, the rest of the Star Wars uh, flick adaptation. 
Jimmy, give them those marching orders so we can be on our way. Read more comics. And may the force be with you.